Hey, John. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Once again, we had the serious music, so you know what that means. You, last time you called this a special session, so we got another special session. Spencer Elg, Outside Council NFA, as you know, um, we, well, this is episode 71. Episode 68 we did back in October. Uh, we talked to Spencer. He's been working with the NFA, um, you know, with the whole Save Our Fireworks thing. It's the CPSC is considering these sweeping changes uh, most in 50 years, he said. And one of the proposals is that metal in the fireworks and the metal in the fireworks, from what he says, it's going to make it pop less, right? Well, yeah, it's not going to you're not going to have the vibrant colors. You're not going to have the uh, the big explosion, you know, like, I mean, not a big break, I should say. Big right. break. It's going to be more of a charcoal look, more of a darker look. So you're not going to have any of those nice, white, you know, big wide vibrant colors you know like they right. say neon colors you're not going to have none of that right so and so the cpsc is looking at a zero tolerance policy with with that metal and the fireworks and obviously uh the nfa and spencer they've been fighting this proposed change and uh spencer's uh, agreed to talk to us again oh good i hope so, we get good news i mean you know i have a lot writing on this yeah you seem to my be career you seem to be a little uh you know you're a little negative nancy though yeah well spencer Elch. Spencer, hey, good afternoon. This is Ron and John from the Fireworks Brigade. How are you? How are you? Hi, Ron and John. I'm doing well. How about you? Well, you tell us. You're the man <laughs> with the answers. <laughs> we, we were just uh, talking about how the with the CPSC changes, and you talked to us uh, early October, and um, you know you agreed to speak to us again and give us a little bit of an update about what's been going on with the CPSC and with these uh, proposed uh, sweeping changes uh, to fireworks. Most most significantly is that uh, the metal in the fireworks. So, um, yeah, you can we could just take it from there and let us know what's been going on. Sure, great. Thank you. And so I'm outside counsel for the National Fireworks Association. Basically, I'm their attorney. And the rule at issue, as we discussed the last time we talked, involves the most sweeping changes to fireworks in decades. And the critical proposed change that the National Fireworks Association or NFA is opposed to is a proposed prohibition on any powdered metals in the burst charges of aerial fireworks. So these are the fireworks you shoot off into the sky, and then once they're 50, 60 feet in the air, there's an effect that goes off, and that's your stars and your sound and, you know, the display and the glittering and all, so forth. CPSC wants to take the metals out of the burst charge. And as NFA has stated repeatedly on the record, there's no reason to do that. First of all, there's zero evidence whatsoever to show that the burst charge is associated with any injuries and that prohibiting metals will have any impact whatsoever on injuries. And second, a big problem is that those metals in the burst charge are necessary to create some of those visual effects that people love to and enjoy watching. So that's kind of where we left things off the last time we spoke. Two events have happened since then. First, on November 8th, the National Fireworks Association met with Commissioner Feldman and staff for Commissioner Biasco. Now, the CPSD has five commissioners who ultimately have to vote on or not vote on this proposed rule. So they're the decision makers. So NFA went in, met with the newest commissioner, Commissioner Feldman, was able to introduce 
the commissioner to the National Fireworks Association, explained that this is an organization that is concerned about safety and that is concerned about protecting industry and that when looking at this rule, we saw a lot of harm to industry without any benefit to safety. At that meeting were a variety of individuals, including Don Lantis, who's the president of NFA, and Steve Hauser, who is the secretary. And the National Fireworks Association also met with the staff for Commissioner Biaco. Now, we had met with Commissioner Biaco previously when she became a commissioner, and this was a follow-up meeting with her staff to explain more in detail NFA's position. The commissioners don't take sides in these matters. They weigh all of the evidence and information in front of them. They listen to all stakeholders, and they try to make an informed decision on what's presented in front of them. And that's why it's so important that NFA went in and met with them and explained our concerns is because there's some voices in the industry that have been telling a very different story to the commissioners. And so this was a great opportunity for us to go in and make our case. Uh, so that was the first event in November. And I'll pause and see if you have any questions on that before I move to the second event. Uh, John? I don't uh, have any questions. I just... Um you know, for the uh, for our standpoint, I agree uh, wholeheartedly with the NFA because taking metals out is not going to do anything uh, for safety. And if the Consumer Product Safety Commission is all about safety, yes, taking the metals out will not do will not make any firework safer. So yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with that. Um, I have no questions as far as um, I understand how the commissioners work there and stuff like that. So, yeah, I have no questions. So you had this meeting. So I, the next part of the, your story is going to you're going to be able to tell us what exactly happened at the meeting and what went down. Well, as, as I mentioned, the meeting pretty much had two parts to it. It was mm -hmm. an introduction to NFA, letting them know that we are the largest fireworks organization by member size that we represent a broad range of the industry. And unlike some of these other groups that are dominated by kind of a small group of very large businesses, NFA is very much a voice that speaks for a broader swath of the industry and is able to express concerns that small businesses have that often aren't held in some of the, that aren't, often aren't held or, or voiced in these other organizations. And then the second part was going through all the reasons, the technical reasons, the scientific reasons, um, and the legal reasons why NFA is opposed to the rule, which we've discussed on, on the prior podcast as well. Right. Okay. And so, and this is a new commissioner. Did, the, did you get the sense that the new commissioner was more open than the acting commissioner prior? Or, um, you know, is, it, is that a good thing for us to have a, a new commissioner? You know, I think all of the commissioners are well-intentioned and, and try to do what they think is right for consumer safety. So I don't know, you know, if one is better than the other. What I will say about this commissioner, um, like the others, is, is, you know, he seems very earnest in trying to figure out what is the right path forward. And I think one of the benefits to having a new commissioner is that when this rule was initially proposed years ago, it was presented as if there was unanimous industry support behind it, which was false. 
It right. was not true, but it was presented as such. And so I think that it's possible that initial opinions that were formed about the rule may have been formed around that understanding that there was an industry consensus when there actually wasn't. Right. So having a new commissioner kind of gives us a, a new slate where we can go in at the very beginning and the very first time that he looks at this rule, he understands that there is not industry consensus. To the contrary, most of the industry is strongly against this proposal. Right. Communication is key, and that's why a group such as the NFA that can kind of, you know, gather support from everyone, uh, you know, uh, and, and really focus it, you know, laser focus into why why it's not full support for this type of changes is huge because, like you said, someone, they, they want, you know, they're altruistic. They, they want to do the right thing, and they're trying to do the right thing, but if all they know is what they've been told and they've been, told something false, they're going to make a decision not based on reality, which can really affect a lot of people. Yeah, because they don't, they don't always know reality in every right. field. And that's why someone like Spencer yeah. and the NFA is huge to, to speak for everyone, because you need, you need that type of lobbying and that type of, uh, you know, support. Yeah, and the support we got for all the from all the members and everyone else as well. So that's yeah. uh, helping out uh, spread the word at least. Okay, so and then so what uh, what 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 happened on the second phase of this meeting? Well, that, well, that, this is a I, I think this is a great segue to to the second event that happened in November. Okay. You know, as you'll recall, this rule, the way it gets proposed is it comes up from a staff proposal, and the CPSD staff members are the scientists and the technical experts and those who, who work on this rule. They are very well trained, and, and they're certainly excellent scientists. One thing to keep in mind, however, is that they are not specialists in fireworks. They don't work in the fireworks industry. They don't rely on selling fireworks. And most of them live in states where aerial fireworks are not even allowed by law. So if you live, for example, in Maryland or D.C. or Virginia, where most of these folks live and work, you don't see aerial fireworks. Your, your friends aren't shooting them off at the 4th of July. You're not seeing them at the New Year's. You're not seeing them after your kids' ball games. And so they're regulating something that they are not exposed to on a daily basis. Now – one of the issues that NFA has raised repeatedly about this proposed rule, and this is just one of the issues, there, there are many others, but one of the issues is that NFA takes the position that it makes no sense to prohibit powdered metals on the basis that you're trying to limit the energetic if you allow in other powders that have more energetics than those that you are prohibiting. It's kind of like saying you can't have a you can't have a V8 engine because it's too fast and outlawing those but allowing people to have Teslas who can drive, you know, even faster. Um, and it really creates an uneven playing field because then the question is well, who can get the Tesla and you know what if I don't have money or I don't have, you know, that available to me and if he gets to drive that fast why can't I? And there's lots of questions about what's fair. Well, even though it's pretty commonly known within the fireworks industry that there are lots of powders without powdered metal that can be more explosive or more energetic than powders with powdered metals, 
that fact was not clear in this rulemaking proceeding. So NFA went out and they commissioned testing and, and they hired a, a third-party tester that's a DOT-approved testing facility that did testing on some powders. They tested a, a whistle composition. Now, as we all know, whistle mix is used in ground devices that make a whistling sound. They've been used for decades in ground devices, and that's why they're called whistle mixes is because they make that sound when they're in those ground devices. And they don't have any powdered metal. And then NFA tested another burst charge formulation that did have powdered metals. And the testing came back, and it showed, as everybody knew it would, that the formulation, the whistle mix without powdered metals, was more energetic than what had powdered metals. So in other words, the proposed rule was going to allow things that were more energetic than things it was not allowing. Well, NFA submitted this data, and it was a very simple point they were trying to prove. And in November, NFA received a response from the CPSC staff. And there are two things about the CPSC staff's response to NFA's testing that that are quite remarkable. The first thing that was remarkable was the level of scrutiny that the CPSC staff gave to the testing done by NFA. They went through, they nitpicked, they quibbled over the testing methodology, they questioned the cost, they questioned various aspects of the testing in incredible detail. And what's interesting about this is that throughout the rulemaking proceeding, there's been a variety of testing that's been submitted by by other fireworks organizations that sit on the other side of this issue. And CPSC has adopted their testing results wholesale without any question whatsoever, without any scrutiny. And and so that was very interesting to us to see that our testing received this great amount of scrutiny, whereas other testing results that favor CPSC's position haven't received any scrutiny whatsoever. What's even more remarkable than that, though, is despite the scrutiny and despite the criticisms of the testing methodology and the questions raised, at the end of the report, tucked into a paragraph, not in the summary, but tucked in a paragraph before the summary, the CPSC staff actually acknowledged the exact point that NFA set out to prove. And I'll quote it. They said, staff acknowledges, and this is CPSC staff, acknowledges that many different pyrotechnic compositions exist that can be used in fireworks, and some of them are more energetic than compositions containing metallic fuels. And so it was really quite remarkable that after three pages of dissecting and nitpicking and quibbling over NFA's testing methodology, they ultimately, as they had to do because they are scientists, had to agree with the fundamental premise that NFA was trying to prove. And that premise is what supports NFA's argument that this proposed rule makes no sense, that it's completely arbitrary because you're allowing materials that are more energetic than those that you're prohibiting, and that's not fair. That, that Well, that makes sense. Would you be worried that they would start to prohibit everything then? That's what my next question was. Yeah, they're probably, well, let's get rid of all these then. Yeah. Was there ever a concern about that or, or just, again, just proving the point that, hey, you know, you're banning something, but there's other things that are way more energetic? 
Well, that's exactly what our concern is here, is because the underlying rationale for trying to prohibit more energetic materials, and they're not doing that with this rule because of the way it's drafted, but the, but the fundamental problem with their approach is that if you are going to say that more energetic always makes things more dangerous and therefore you must limit the energetics, there's no end to that. Right. Yeah, you it's don't, a slippery it, slope. You, it's a slippery slope. And in fact, in oral testimony given before the CPSC, staff mentioned that they had consulted with a medical doctor who essentially said there is no safe amount of explosivity. And in prior meetings with NFA, CPSC staff has said, and they've actually used these words, that POW is OW. In other words, that the more POW, the more explosive or energetic that a material is, the more OW, the, the more danger it, it can create. Mm -hmm. and, the, the, and with that slippery slope, again, there's, there's no end. There's nothing to stop them from ultimately banning any energetic material. And what's especially concerning in this rulemaking is we are talking about a burst charge that goes off 60 feet in the air, and there is zero correlation, let alone causation, between powdered metals or between energetics in that burst charge and injuries. There is nothing. And so the concern you raised about, well, what if they try to, you know, prohibit or, or ban other materials or continue to dial down on the energetics is exactly our concern. We've looked right. at the safety data over decades, and we've seen imports going up. We've seen more and more states allowing aerial devices, meaning they're, they're being used more. We know from our members that they are the most popular items that are sold. And injuries have not budged an inch. And so that's our problem with this rule is it doesn't help injury, reduce injuries. It doesn't help safety, but it will ha it's likely to have a dramatic negative impact on business. Yeah, just for a start, it'll just go downhill from there. Yeah, it'll just keep, Absolutely. It'll just keep going. You know, it's like the old saying, give them an inch and they'll take a mile. And they'll just keep going down the uh, down that same road. What does are any of the AFSL uh, uh, staff also on the board for the CPSC? Well, now they're they're not on the board of CPSC. Those organizations, CPSC and AFSL, they do they they do. Um, I believe they form part of a committee together. And they certainly um, have close contact. And in fact, AFSL has hired away several former employees of CPSC that help them with their legal issues and their lobbying, lobbying and maintaining their their relationship. So, you know, they there is some coordination, but they are they are separate entities. And what does the AFSL feel about the the are are they for the no metals? Who who is uh, really behind it? I know we're not uh, getting uh, proper help from other organizations that should be helping us, but is the AF what does the AFSL weigh in on the banning of metals? So AFSL and APA, I, I never like to speak for other organizations, but publicly, 
they they have stated that they are generally for the rule. They would like to see the proposed rule be enacted. They'd like a little higher limit on metals than has been proposed. The the draft law is a zero threshold. And AFSL and APA have at various times advocated for 3.5% powdered metal allowance, and now I believe they're at 2% asking for a 2% powdered metal allowance. So, But, but neither of those levels, um, in NFA's opinion, are justifiable based on any type of science or any analysis of injury data or really make any sense. And more importantly, from NFA's perspective, those very low levels are likely to have a negative impact on the industry. No, uh, most definitely. So I was just curious on, uh, I know APA is, uh, you know, only, um, their only biggest concern is their 1.3 professional fireworks. And I know that they, big members of the APA are all into the safe and sane market, which they kind of control. So I, I had a feeling we wouldn't get any help from APA. And the AFSL, a lot of those same guys are behind AFSL, and I think they're also ones that would just love to see uh, fireworks go down to a safe and sane limit because they control it. And it seems that uh, – but what I, what I think the biggest part all these companies are missing is without aerial fireworks, there really will not be a need for safe and sane fireworks. I think those people will just get out of playing with fireworks altogether. So we could all be losers – uh, we, we will all be losers in time with this new ruling, it seems to me. Well, I, I think that's right, and I think it's very important also that if the government is going to regulate fireworks on a national level, we know fireworks are leg- regulated at the local level. They're regulated at the state level, and individual people in different states get to decide for themselves what types of fireworks they want and what types they don't want. And if there's going to be federal regulation across the board that governs every single United States citizen, well, then the government has to have a really good reason to do it. They have to meet their statutory and legal obligations. And for the CPSC, that includes showing that it's likely to reduce the likelihood um, or frequency of, of injuries. And from NFA's perspective, they haven't done that here. And it poses an enormous burden to business. And for those reasons, NFA continues to oppose the rule and will continue to oppose the rule. The bottom line on injuries is it's always caused by somebody who's doing it the wrong way, who's using fireworks the wrong way or just that's plain and simple, using them the wrong way. That's when you're going to get hurt. I mean, the injuries uh, the other way very rarely happen. I mean, yes, uh, today fireworks are safer now than they've ever been. And um and, you know, certainly that's what we're after is safe fireworks. But like we said, uh, a burst charge going up 60 feet in the air, uh, whether or not it looks like charcoal, whether or not it's, um, you know, louder or, or quieter, it's not going to change the actual safety of the device. So, Spencer, where do we go from here? Uh, we still have hashtag save our fireworks and, and hopefully people are. Are, uh, are in tune with that. What else can we do to help, and, and when do you expect uh, some more clarity on this? So we still have hashtags save our fireworks, and that's going to continue to be a source of information. It's not entirely clear at this moment where things stand at the CPSC. 
There's nothing imminent on the calendar, and we don't have a clear on indication on whether this will go up for a formal vote or whether there might be some proposed revisions to it first. But NFA will continue to stay on top of the issue and to stay engaged. And as develop, developments occur and as more information is learned, we will continue to put that information out, including on your podcast, hopefully, Absolutely. and on uh, hashtag Save Our Fireworks. And we do appreciate all the members who sent in comments on the proposed rulemaking. There were more than 2,000 comments, 99% of them against the proposal. We appreciate the many thousands more who signed a petition that was sent into the commission advocating against this proposal. And so we really appreciate your support, all the members' support, and I suspect we will continue to reach out to you as this develops. Oh, absolutely. Yes, please uh, keep uh, let us know. Keep us informed. And uh, every time before John and I record, I'll usually shoot you an email uh, to see if there is any type of update. We, we, we like to get that information out there and if anything we can do. That's huge. Uh, Spencer, what do you think is our uh, persistence with trying to get the other groups like APA or FSL more on board with us? Are, are we are we? putting any type of pressure on them to uh, basically join our side and, and letting them know the repercussions which could happen to them as well if there is no aerial fireworks? Or are we just kind of uh, doing ourselves because they just keep turning a, a blind eye to us? Do we have any persistence on them? I can say that since the beginning of this entire ordeal more than two years ago, the National Fireworks Association has reached out through letters, through emails, through phone calls, through meetings on multiple occasions with multiple different members and board members of APA and, and with AFSL and has attempted on numerous occasions to try to reach some type of understanding to see if there wasn't a common ground, a middle road that could be reached if there was a way that we could all come in harmonious on a unified position. And I'm disappointed to report that those efforts have gen generally been entirely rebuffed. Mm, and so while NFA remains open and would like to see more industry cooperation, we're afraid that we don't see that being a likely event to happen given what has happened this far so i think on a um on a uh you know on a smaller level um as i am in the fireworks business and uh, and a good sized player in the fireworks business uh i think that we need to reach out to all the other uh companies uh such as mine and even some of the bigger ones that um believe it's you know a good idea to belong to APA I think we should really call on a total ban of uh, of APA membership uh, from any company that you know is in the firework business that wants to see this go and I don't think I don't think some of these members even even realize that the APA uh, you know with all their fancy golf outings and everything is actually <laughs> they're not really helping them they're actually trying which I've always known that but I think we really need to call for a total ban of APA membership from all these companies that are in the fireworks business that want to remain with aerial devices. And I think um, 
I think we need to really maybe uh, get some comments out there and some blogs out there to see if we can reach uh, some of these uh, business owners that sometimes they don't even realize what's going on in the industry. You know, they're right. so big up there, they don't even know what's going on. You're calling for a boycott of the uh, APA. Well, I would I would certainly say uh, a boycott on, on uh, membership, you know, because if they have no members and they lose their membership, uh, believe me, APA will go away faster than anybody else without members. Is the APA bigger or smaller than the NFA? Do you know? Uh, Spencer, what do you think? Richer, I would say, right? Well, I, I think that's probably not in dispute. I do believe, um, based on information we have, that NF, the National Fireworks Association has the broadest member base. And as you mentioned, a lot of those members may not have as deep as pockets, but, but it has a member, a broader member base. And wow. the National Fireworks Association can uh, neither support nor oppose anyone choosing to leave to leave an APA, that's obviously a decision that each business would need to make for itself. And to the extent the business decided to stay in APA and didn't didn't like its position on it, you know, there's certainly other things that could be done, such as you know, making sure that uh, you're voting for those uh, positions with with people who support your view and and advocating for an opportunity to provide comments on proposed standards and being able to review the the positions taken before they're before they're uh, carried out. So, you know, there's different ways that that NFA members who are concerned about this can try to move the ball forward with the other organizations. Sure, I I, I think so. I mean, if uh, if we have any joint membership, and um, you know, and and like say, it's certainly not an NFA uh, deal, but. Any one of us that are in the business and have mutual, uh, you know, memberships to both organizations, uh, I think, uh, given the circumstance, I don't think we can support NFA and support APA together. I think it's uh, really, you know. It certainly seems they have conflicting agendas yes. right now. So if you were a member of both, you need to pick a side. But uh, maybe, like you said, the people in the APA just aren't as informed or they're not thinking it through. And they don't, they don't, you know, there's enough to go around to make everybody happy. They don't need to try and, you know, to, to do this. But, uh, you know, yeah, well, there, there you go. You, you're on your soapbox, John. You're ready to yeah, go. Yeah, <laughs> uh, my, my, uh, my next agenda will be getting up tomorrow morning and uh, <laughs> sending out some emails to uh, certainly all of my wholesale customers, which span, uh, you know, yeah. the United States and saying, hey, if you... You guys are supporting NFA and APA. You know, we're on different sides of the fence right now. And that's basically, and it's always been clear that way. Uh, but uh, like I say, a lot of APA members get caught up in the whole, uh, you know, big boy club. And, oh, and these guys are so great. And, you know, and of course, they're so wealthy. But the bottom line is we are on different sides of the fence right now. And I, and I think uh, the only way to get our message across the APA to jump onto our side is to uh, decrease their membership on their side, and maybe they'll realize that without the members, they are still nobody. Is it exclusively display fireworks companies, or it's both? No, it's both. Okay, mm -hmm. so but the, but it's more geared towards display fireworks. Well, a lot of their big members are are in the display firework business, yeah. and the other big big members are also the ones who monopolize the safe and sane market. The safe and sane, right? And you know, and, and you 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 see it all the time in your store. People, 
they don't really come in just to buy safe and sane. They buy the big stuff, and then the kids go buy the safe and sane. If they can't buy the big stuff or the aerials, then they're not going to come shopping for it. Anymore. And I agree. That is what's going to happen. And I don't know why the big players don't see that uh, as well, because mm-hmm. it's, you know, safe and sane market is really, I think, dictated to the children by the parents to get them used to fireworks in general, because the parents enjoy mm-hmm. fireworks as well. So I, I, I see a industry without fireworks is an industry without fireworks, not just certain types of fireworks. Right. Well, Spencer, hey, as always, thank you so much for calling us. And as you can hear, John's on his soapbox, so I'll let you go, and maybe John will just keep railing afterwards when you when you hang up. But we, we appreciate you coming on, and please, uh, you have my information, call or, or email us at any time. And likewise, we'll let you know any time we're going to do a show, and just in case you can have an update for us, that would be really great. Yeah, we certainly appreciate the uh, NFA's efforts and your effort as well. And uh, an exhausting, uh, I'm sure it's an exhausting uh, battle. But so, and previously we had people contacting this Anne Marie Berkeley at the CPSC. Now, should they, should they just go to hashtag Save Our Fireworks or should they try and contact uh, Commissioner Feldman? Well, I think at this point, the best thing to do is to just stay informed, check back on hashtag Save Our Fireworks. Okay. And if we need to reach out and try to, contact commissioners in the future or file public comments we'll we'll let everybody know sounds great thank you sir appreciate it thank you all right thank you until next time bye Bye bye-bye there you go john well that you were uh, you got up on your soapbox there he's a lawyer he's not going to start saying we should boycott the apa (laughs) oh i'm not saying that uh (laughs) no but uh no i get the uh the reason i wanted to just see how they're weighing in now because they didn't weigh in in the beginning right and um you know see the afsl we pay them what, 50 cents a package. What does the AFL, AFSL stand for? American American Fireworks Standards Laboratory. Oh, you pay them 50 cents? Uh, we pay them 50 cents a carton. Okay. Uh, okay. And, the, and it's always been presented that if you pay this 50 cents a carton, you, your fireworks will probably not be... Uh, looked at by CPSC because CPSC um, is, um, you know, um, is b- believes in the AFSL. Okay. And the AFSL has higher standing standings to the CPSC. So if the CPSC allows this, say CPSC allows uh, one-tenth of a burst, burst charge, FSL says no. We're only going to give you half of a tenth. So they actually, right? They're actually more stricter than the CPSC. Right. So the thought being is, if you pass the fifty cents a case or whatever, you're going to get this stamp on there. You're good to go. CPSC won't bug you. Yeah, and that's not always the case because I've had uh, fireworks tested by FSL and it has flunked CPSC, and then the FSL did nothing for me at. In, in the meantime, you know, they said, oh, well, if you do, we'll contact. They did nothing for me, oh. you know. But they took your 50 cents. But they take my 50 cents. So, and and it's also, like I say, they do share the same, um, what he say, it was um, not on the same board, but they, they, they're they committee groups. Right, right. So we got AFSL members and we got CPSC members on the same committee group. Uh, but once again, the AFSL is benefiting the 50 cents a, a carton. Right. You know, so it's kind of like join AFSL and you don't have to worry about anybody else. But but the bottom line is AFSL was formed by big players. 
that want a level playing ground and monopolize the the safe and sane market. I mean, there's no there's no secret behind that. That's for sure. Right. So, um, and that is also why the APA is probably ninety percent behind this because. 90% of those people don't care about aerial fireworks as long as they can have their 1.3 fireworks and as long as they can keep the safe and sane because they control that market anyways. So if we all went away, the APA would not care about companies such as Star Fireworks and different companies that my size no. because um, they don't want me to try and break into the safe and sane market, nor do they think I could, nor can I probably because they already control it and they have big, big, deep pockets. So if anyone is a member of APA and if you're a member of PGI and a member of NFA, I really think you need to look again at your membership, what APA is charging for, because they're charging you a heck of a lot of money to belong to their club and they're not even standing behind the actual fireworks industry in fact they're doing everything in their power it seems to wreck the firework industry as we know it yeah it does certainly seem like it's a disservice to the fireworks industry it's you know it can't be good you want everybody to be happy with all types of fireworks i mean people who buy display fireworks you know, you're not display fireworks. People aren't going to make more money if the people can't buy consumer fireworks. It's not you can't go buy display fireworks unless you have a license. I mean, yes. So it it seems. Uh, See, nobody cares ridiculous. if it doesn't affect them. Oh well, right, exactly, right. You know. Yeah, well, maybe, and maybe it's just a, a case of like you said, they're not well. Uh, you know, they're not well informed. So some of these APA members are they don't know really what's going on or they haven't thought it through and they just figure what they hear is fine. And, you know, we'll go from there. Well, some members such as myself, you know, uh, you feel like, hey, you you know, you you uh, you're in the fireworks industry. Let's let's join the uh, you know, let's join PGI and let's join NFA and let's join APA. Are you a member of APA? Uh, no, I'm not. Oh, OK, because I investigate my uh, you know, I investigate my organizations before I join them. You oh, know? OK, yeah. And a lot of people don't. A lot of people say, oh, I'm in the fireworks industry. I want to I want to go to all these outings and I want to see everybody and meet everybody. But. Uh, I pick and choose which ones I want to belong to based on my views and the views of my industry. And uh, it right. was clearly presented years ago what, you know, what the APA represents. And, you know, and uh, and that's why you need deep pockets to join the APA. It's not something that any, you know, small firework company can even join unless they want to spend a lot of money that they probably don't have. Yeah. Well. The... Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people just join everything as long as they can. And the bottom line is if um, it's clearly uh, one side against the other, and that's why APA has not weighed in on any of this because they're basically probably the ones that started it. Now, also a big supporter of APA, uh, TNT Fireworks, they came out with a hotline yeah. for people to call up if anyone is using aerial fireworks, wasn't it an app on the phone? Yeah, app on uh, the phone. We or, talked about or a that hotline. Yeah. So I mean, anybody that would do that to our fireworks industry really do not belong in the fireworks industry. Right. And um, so these are the type of people you're supporting by giving them their memberships. And if you take away their membership money, you'll see how they are not as strong as they think they are. Right. They're only as strong as their members, and that's what we all have to remember. 
um, out there is uh, without membership, we are nothing. And um, I urge everyone to join NFA. If you're in the fireworks industry and you're not, and you haven't joined, I urge you to join PGI because it's a lot of fun as well. Uh, not as political as NFA or APA, but we we need politics and we need our lobbyists. So uh, definitely support NFA and uh, all the things that uh, Nancy Blogin and John Blogin and Cam Starr, the founder of my company, did for the firework organization uh those guys are turning in their graves right now if you're uh, not supporting them uh, especially during this battle that we're having yeah cam star was instrumental in getting nfa established yeah he's yeah. the reason we have the 500 gram cakes he's the reason we have the nfa uh he felt we needed a, a stronger voice in washington he was right and uh and now how many years later and he certainly is right so yeah i hope we get the listenership and we mm -hmm. really hope to get uh, everybody what's that hashtag save our fireworks yeah yep absolutely we'll get this uh yes. we'll get this on youtube uh the spencer interview uh we seem to get a lot of hits on that kind of stuff um so, yeah, that wraps it up. That's our uh, serious issue. Check this out, bro. What's that, Pi Bro? I switched to Star Fireworks and got more. More savings on fireworks? Yeah, rebrotable. And more, like low prices. More ways to save. Nice, Broman Candle. That's not all, Pyroglyphics. Star has 500-gram cakes and fountains, too. Oh, that's a lot more. Oh, yeah. I'm all about more, Pyromaniac. Star Fireworks, Fargo, North Dakota. It's got great savings and a whole lot more.